0: means editorial director of we radio.com here with my man main man Ryan Bukovetsky on the line and uh we, we're getting together here uh, with a quick little quick little thing to uh, sort of put you up on a couple of his most recent pieces for we are radio.com hopefully you've read them already but if you haven't go to the website right now if you'd like or right after listening to us and uh, check out these two pieces that we're about to talk about. Uh, Ryan has been great in uh, doing a couple of sort of featurey pieces uh, over the past couple of weeks. Our most recent one coming out today. um, And he's been able to be up up close and and right in front of two of our most exciting and uh, relevant Stars, sports stars in Chicago right now, Mitchell Trubisky and uh, Tim Anderson. Uh, the Tim Anderson piece we just, just put out today on the site, and the Trubisky piece been up for about a week. And um, you know, Ryan's been able to use these pieces as sort of, you know, he's, he's sort of both done a couple of things with these pieces. Analyzed, he's analyzed both men over the course of their young careers, and uh, let us know just how far each man has come as uh, as athletes and as leaders, both on and off the field. And, uh, you know, at the same time, giving us some of the flavor of what they've done, these uh, community building uh, efforts that they've been doing. In the case of Mitch, you know, he's uh, done a football camp uh, in Lake Forest, and that's where Ryan saw him at, and with uh, Tim, he had a, a nice little summer uh, party or gathering uh, at a at a community center in Bronzeville here on the south side of Chicago. So, uh, you no, know, uh, Ryan. First off, man, thanks for coming on with me. I know you're busy, man, but yeah, uh, you no. Know, congratulations on the two pieces. I really like them both, and I'm glad you were able to do this. Uh, we're gonna talk. I want to talk to talk some shop stuff too a little later. Uh, in regards to, you know, you writing these pieces and sort of stretching yourself out as a writer and a reporter with us. But, uh, but first, you know, if you want to just talk about the Mitch uh, event and uh, what was that like, you know, you did a lot of legwork initially in, in trying to get a hold of the people who were organizing it and, uh, you know it, you know, just let us in on the process of getting to that event And uh, what was it like for you to be there and see uh, Mitchell Trubisky up front? Uh, up close like
1: that yeah absolutely kyle and of course as always glad to uh, join you and talk shop whether it's uh articles football whatever it is and i'm glad to hear that uh you've enjoyed these pieces because they're they're definitely uh different pieces than i've done in the past and it, it was a great opportunity to both meet uh mitchell trubisky and tim anderson and check them out kind of in their element giving back to the community and Starting out with Mitch, uh, you were actually the one that pointed me to him having a pro football camp. So I kind of put that in my calendar. And once it became close to that time around the uh, middle of June, I reached out, uh, there was a news uh, press release that actually was given out about his pro camp and it was for uh mainly for parents i think to contact to get their kid involved and i just happened to talk to the person that they had as the contact on the press release and then they put me in contact with the media person which got me on the list for that and it was tremendous so there was a lot of local chicago outlets covering uh, that camp and gave us really great access. We were on the field while Mitch was kind of running some drills with the kids and it was mainly just kind of one-on-one receiver defensive back drills and Mitch throwing the passes and there was a lot of groups like that and they switched around and you could just tell how much uh, Mitch was just happy to be there and he was really having fun with the kids and he was very loud and kind of outward with his emotion and how uh how much fun he was having overall and it was it was really cool to see and you could kind of see why some of the Bears players kind of talk about him having that leadership ability and why he draws people in he he does have an air about him where it just he's a welcoming guy and you kind of want to go see what's going on with him because he seems to be having fun and he's a very confident person and it just kind of comes off so really good moxie to see from your quarterback and when we did the press conference itself, uh, it was kind of just like questions asking him about how uh, he grew up with f- uh, football camps and just other questions like enjoying the white Sox game where he went out with some of his teammates and, and it was, it was interesting to hear. And really uh, this is where Tim Anderson and Mitchell Trubisky are very similar. They both uh, didn't have a ton of football camps or baseball camps growing up. And this was their kind of way of getting back to the Chicago community okay
0: how did how did Mitch seem to you in that uh in that moment in regards you know you gave some insight into how he looked with the children at the camp and I'm sure uh he was more comfortable uh talking about the game of football and teaching it and running uh you know interacting with the kids on that level than he probably was with the media talking with the media but uh did he seem at ease in any way with the media? And you know, was there anything about? how he reacted with you guys that stood out. To you.
1: Yeah, there was a couple things I was looking for. One of the first things I wanted to see when I got up close and personal with Mitch was his size, because you always kind of wonder with some of these uh, the rosters and how teams give out height and weight for the various sports. And sometimes they give a little bit of misleading information to make a player seem bigger or taller than he actually is. And I was happy to see that Mitch looked legitimate six foot three. He might be even taller than that. Uh, he he's definitely every inch of that six foot three. Maybe a little bit smaller than what I expected, but he's still a pretty big quarterback overall. I mean, there's not many guys that would be much bigger and thicker than he is. So that was uh, it was cool to see that he really matches the measurables that you kind of see on TV and that you hear about, especially when he got drafted. And then when he was talking with the media, he was he was still, I think, I think Mitch still has a little bit of a guard. He's still, I think, a young player. And if he has a great season, let's say a really – you know, Pro Bowl kind of season where he's really in the argument, and we really feel comfortable about Mitch. I think that that's something that he wants to happen before he really lets his complete guard down. But you could tell that he's definitely a lot more comfortable with the media than even just when he was doing his uh, post game press conferences a season ago. He was just uh, very at ease, very in the element. He even made A kind of an awesome camp and enjoy the time. Go. Yes, sounds like a yes. challenge on the
2: questions. Go ahead. You, never did <laughs> go ahead um, you go to football camps as a kid, I'm assuming at some point. Like,
1: what do you see looking back through the lens of those kids, you know, as, as they're sitting out there with you?
2: Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's really cool for them to have me out here. It's a special opportunity for them. Um, I wasn't around pro athletes growing up, so I can only imagine the people I looked up to just coming out here spending time and hang out with these kids, and it's really cool. um, I was back in Mentor last week, and now I'm a part of the same camp that I went to growing up, so I just know how much it did for me, for a kid, just um, getting outside, playing with my friends, learning the game of football, and just going through drills and and having fun, and and those were some of the best memories I had growing up, going to football camps and and just being a part of something like that. I let the kids, parents, whoever, kind of figure out and get to to know me, who I am as a person, and and what I'm about, Quarterback for the Chicago Bears, but I'm also a person and uh, I'm, I'm Mitchell Trubisky. So if they get to know that side of me, I think that's pretty cool for them and it's, it's a unique experience. So I'm going to try to get out in the community, do as much as I can, and, and give back because uh, I think that's important to me and that's 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 just how I was raised being a Hey, okay, who's next? got an NBA <laughs> Uh, they, they drafted Kobe White from UNC, so that's pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know him? him? I have not. I have not. I was already gone uh, at UNC oh, yeah. by the time he got there. So uh, I, I watched him on the team this last season. He's very talented. I think he's going to be a, a huge help to the Bulls, and I can't wait to watch him and hopefully meet him in the future. All right.
1: Thanks, everybody. Thank you. That. Thank you. A bit more before he really shows that personality.
0: That that makes sense. That makes sense too. Yeah. Uh. But uh, before I go back in the midst, well, before the Mitch as a football player, do you think he's? Do you think he's edging towards being a Sox fan, of, or, or has he already declared his fandom as a his baseball fandom? Well,
1: what? Mitch, the politician, you know, as we saw him do in his post game press conferences a few times, like when talking about Brett Favre, didn't want to legitimately pick a side, but he said he has only been to the White Sox game. He has not been to a Cubs game this year, and he hasn't really talked to many of the other athletes in Chicago, but I believe, if anything, he has more connections with the White Sox. So I would say at least at this point in time, the White Sox are number one, but kind of like an NBA free agency meeting, I think he's still got to go up to the north side and fully decide from that point.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think there's something to that, man. I, I think I'm surprised there hasn't been like, like uh, you know, a uh, a a survey or you know, be it a, a you know, you know, you you don't necessarily have to li- have to have the vote to be public or nothing, but you know, I I would like to see something where like you went to the other pro sports teams in the city and see how many would align themselves with the Cubs and how many would align themselves
1: with mm, the Sox. That would be really interesting, especially like a team like the Bears and the Bulls and the Blackhawks. Yeah. They're the only team in town. Man, I, I would think I, – I got a feeling I would say White Sox. That would be my guess for whatever reason. I feel like it would be Sox the White the Sox would have a little bit more. I just feel like they're a little bit more intertwined with the Bulls because of the same ownership, and the Blackhawks kind of share the same building. It just seems like there's more ways for them all to kind of cross paths.
0: Yeah, that's a good point there. I, I you know, I wonder too how much you know with socializing have to do with it, and you know how much uh, you know. You know, I guess, would guys spend more time on the north side? Would that make a difference or anything? Or you no know, downtown or the north side? Would that make a difference and stuff like that? You know, I don't know. That, that just came to me right in the moment, thinking about that. I would be very, yeah, that's,
1: very curious to see that list. Like that would be that would be a great list to see. I'm sure that's like when the Bears had their 100 list. Like you would just have to see it, just to see it, no matter what.
0: Exactly. But let's let get back to Mitch, though. You know, a lot of your piece on him, uh, of course, dealt with his maturation as a leader and everything. And you know, you just spoke about how you know this this season coming up is going to be very important for him, and you got that across in the in the piece very well. Uh, you know, what what you know at this point, you know, reiterate what you what do you think this season is going to be like for him and you know, what, what do you think the stakes are for him? You know, will will we need to see him not only be a uh, a Pro Bowl caliber player, but, at, at, you know, would he have to show himself to be one of the best players and in in best quarterbacks, I should say, in the league? Or, you know, will he need to be the guy on a division winner or, or you know, maybe even an NFC winner? You know, what what do you think? You know, what do you think the, the sky, what do you think the limit is for him on the horizon uh, going
1: forward? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking about that. And our uh, friend and constant contributor on the Dean Davis show, as well as we are Regal Radio, Tony Gill, he is the producer of the Lawrence Holmes Show on 670 The Score from noon to two. They've been doing Is Mitch Good this week, all week on uh, their program during the All Star Break. And a lot of different insights. Yeah. And I've thought about it myself. And In terms of what his ceiling is, I mean, his ceiling is truly as high as anybody. I mean, his comps, to me, if he matches his talent, if he's able to really be a consistent player, his comps are going to be someone like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, because his ability to scramble and throw on the run is really high up there. And the things that he struggles with with accuracy are in the pocket, which are more of the type of things that you can work out of your game. And I expect him to, as time goes on, continue to build his strengths, especially with a coaching staff that is going to try to highlight his strengths and minimize the stuff that they do that are his weaknesses. In terms of everything that we saw last year, we saw the flash of everything, the the ability with his legs, the arm talent, the accuracy at times, his leadership. I mean, the Come back in the playoff game, even though he didn't have a great game, but he was able to drive his team down to get a go ahead touchdown as well as a go ahead field goal to win, but the field goal was just missed you've seen all the things it's really can he do it each Sunday, can he do it week in and week out can he be that consistent player. And can he just continue to develop and do almost in a linear way where now he's going to be better at reading defenses because he's more understanding of the playbook and better with his mechanics as well as his technique. If things like that continue at a reasonable rate, I mean, you're going to be talking about a quarterback that's going to be threatening for a Pro Bowl spot. And you've got a quarterback that's going to be good enough to put the bears in the super bowl conversation, because really he's going to be, even if he plays as well as he did last year, which was really up and down, I would think that that's going to be good enough for the bears to compete for the division at a playoff spot, but it's probably not going to be good enough to win a super bowl or really compete for a super bowl. So we'll know as the season kind of goes, if he's able to take that step, because we'll see the consistent play week in and week out. And, you know, just to be conservative with him, I kind of think he'll probably be a top 10 NFC quarterback for sure. That's where if he can get into that position, I think he would feel really good, especially if it's closer to five rather than towards uh, number 10.
0: Yeah, I'm with you definitely on the the consistency part up. you know, I really hope that he shows himself to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, at least not e- not even a game manager, but just a dangerous guy. You know, in most weeks, and, and in those weeks where he isn't so dangerous, he doesn't at least do things to give away games. Definitely. You know? we, that, yeah, that's really the type of thing we shouldn't see at this point of of his career. And, you know, I I just like I said, with the consistency, I just I'm really looking for him to turn around the narrative of him being this, you know, quote unquote project or whatever. Or this this guy who really isn't worth the, uh, the praise that some do give him mm-hmm. right now. It's...
1: And I think another thing, too, well, Kyle, I... that goes along with kind of projecting Trubisky, I mean, when you look at his skill set, he's got that scrambling ability, so you feel pretty good that even if the offensive line goes through some injuries, they're going to be able to do some things. He's not a Jared Goff where he's a statue back there and you have to protect him. You can move that pocket. You can get him on rollouts. You can do things like that. So when you have versatility in that way, you kind of expect – hey, if injuries happen, they can adjust. He's going to have a better running game behind him with these running backs. So you would think that that's going to make him a little bit better at play action or maybe be more of a threat in that area. And he's got a coach that only wants to try to do the things that he does well. So with all those factors kind of combined, and then you don't even throw in the defensive side where he's probably going to get a lot of short fields and with the better upgrades in returners on special teams, he might get shorter fields. All these things are working towards Mitch having it be easy for him. It's really, can he just deliver the football and just make the right decisions? And if you can keep it that simple and almost like Alex Smith-esque, he's got so much talent that he's going to be able to create enough big plays.
0: Yeah, and if anything, I just want him to to bomb on Detroit both times this (laughs) year because I saw this unreasonable Lions fan on Twitter the other day. As if there's any other kind of Lions fan, but he he, want, he used the uh, the Thanksgiving Day game as an example of the Bears uh, continuing to have bad quarterbacking, you know, and then that was the game, of course, that Chase Daniel mm-hmm. started. So we beat them, and we still beat them, but you know Chase Daniel wasn't that great in the game. But you know, another guy, another guy had to remind this this uh, Lions fan that Trubisky had 330 yards and multiple touchdowns against them just a couple weeks before, right?
1: And that. especially so, when uh, your quarterback is losing to Chase Daniel, you would think uh, you wouldn't be too quick to throw out shade against Trubisky.
0: Exactly. But like I said, that's just that's just Lions fan. I'll tell you the one
1: thing Kyle, that kind of worries me next year is if Trubisky is sort of up and down that Sunday night game at the end of the year against the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes coming to town. That could just be one of those moments where if obviously if Trubisky plays great, it's going to kind of squanch some of this hatred of the draft pick of him over Mahomes. But if he just has a horrible game and the Bears are, are just like low of expectations, that could just be a damaging game. So I've got I've got that one kind of in the back of my mind where that that could be a springboard, both positive or negative for him in big waves.
0: Yeah, we talked about that uh, during the schedule reveal. You can you can listen to that uh, currently on war on anchor if you haven't listened to it before. But uh, yeah, that's that could be a high stakes game in many ways. But I think it, it it's gonna mostly come down to like you say, the matchup of Mahomes and Trubisky, and you know if Trubisky, you know, somehow falls apart in that game, it's like you say, it's gonna be damning to him. But if if he rises to the occasion and matches the guy, matches Mahomes and or you know, <laughs> Lord Wellens, somehow somehow outplays him. That could be very much a benchmark for him in his career going forward, and especially
1: too. I think. Imagine him having a good season and having him having bad game, and then two weeks later is the playoffs. I mean, that could be just a great storybook in itself.
0: Definitely, definitely. But well, uh, let's let's move on to Tim Anderson now. Now uh, you got to see Tim uh, at this event. Uh, shout out to you know you mentioned Tony earlier. Shout out to Tony. For putting us, uh, putting our group onto this event uh, originally, and um, this was yeah, pretty. This was like a pretty nice little thing, and I really appreciate that they did this in the neighborhood around, uh, uh you know, Comiskey Park. <laughs> I, I want to say, but uh, Guaranteed Great you know, uh, yeah, the, this, uh, this center like it's really like a, like a mile or two away from the park. It's in Bronzeville, uh, historically black area of the city, the South side. And, uh, you know, Tim seemed really at ease there by looking at your, your footage of him and stuff. Uh, we gonna put, uh, some of that up online over the next day or two, but, uh, you know, it, it seemed like this really nice thing there, you know, he, uh, he interacting with, again, like Mitch interacting with kids, he, it wasn't on a sporting, it wasn't really in a sporting context, it was more of just a uh, you know, a fun thing to do, you know, celebrating the summer. And given the fact that the socks are in season, you know, it, it, it really it sort of mean it's sort of meaningful in that it gives a little time for Tim to rest, you know, or, or see him in a different context than what we've been seeing them for months now you know, in, in, uh, in competition, you know, he's been injured as well. And, uh you, you know, you went that in, that in, in the piece about his recent injury, and he's going to be coming back from that soon. But, uh, you know, just get your thoughts on, on that. And uh seeing Tim in that environment, uh you know, the, the crux of your piece were about him becoming, you know, after a few years of, so up and down play and sort of, know some disappointment you know he's he's starting to become a real contributor now and and uh you know pretty much a star in a lot of ways for the for this rising club
1: yeah definitely tim anderson is a very important player for the chicago white Sox. and yeah at the downley youth center uh held on that friday right before the end of the crosstown series in uh guaranteed rate field that saturday and sunday uh last weekend so on Friday was the camp, and as you pointed out, not necessarily a baseball camp, but just a, a way for kids to come out, hang out. There was uh, a great uh, hot dog and chips, kind of like baseball-esque lunch theme. There was music, so the kids were jumping and dancing, hanging out, and a lot of different ages and uh, all these different stations to play games, and they help uh, hung out for a couple That's hours. A of, you have two
2: kids of your own, you don't get a lot of days off. Uh-huh. It's a rare Friday day off, and you're out here with your wife yeah. doing this. Yeah, this is easy stuff, man. This
3: is easy stuff. Come and see the kids, man. You know, We love kids. So, uh, you know, it makes it easy to get out of bed and come have fun with the kids. Yeah, I know you've been there. probably asked this. Did you have this a lot growing up where you had this opportunity? No, nah, this is why I do it. I didn't have it as much. So, uh, yeah, I try to i lead, lead the way in, in my own little way, so, uh, you know, for me to go out is, is huge and, and be hands-on and,
2: you know, let the kids put a, put a face with the name. Yeah. Hey, uh, let me ask you, how's your ankle, how you feeling? How's it coming?
3: Feeling better. I'm getting there. Uh, you know, I feel a like lot healthier. I'm uh, moving around a lot better, so uh, hopefully, you know,
2: we, we keep keep progressing and, uh, you know keep getting better yeah this so is something like Eloy's, where the, you know they gave it a timetable but he was able to come back earlier is that uh the hope yeah you can say it's the same thing yeah yeah talk about the team and uh you know just the excitement building over the last oh man
3: you've been seeing you've seen these last couple days the fans are in there so uh, it's exciting man you know uh, a lot of things are changing and uh you know seats just came up so uh you know we're playing well and uh
2: hopefully we can continue and uh you know just keep having fun yeah when you see Del C's out there and all the guys who are coming in, it just adds to the excitement. That's yeah,
3: it. yeah man, these, these fans are excited. We're excited and uh, you know, we're just gonna keep rattling around each other and keep having fun and uh, you know, keep keep taking a day at a time.
2: Yeah, I know you're upset, you probably can't be in
3: there for the, the latest cross town yeah. this weekend. Yeah, yeah. But uh you know I'm sure they're gonna
1: do good, man. I'll be right at you tomorrow. morning. So you lost not just today, but a lot of stuff really throughout the year. Why is it important to you to really kinda of get out there and
3: Need, do, do a lot
2: of stuff. Like um, no, it's I like don't be here. I want to be here for, uh, it's only right to you know, get in the city and, uh, you know, give these kids what they need as far as, you know, help and support. I didn't have that as much growing up, so uh, I think it's only right to do it. Did, did you, uh, you you're one of the young guys, but you're also, like, the face team now, being a leader. How did they, how'd you grow into that role? Uh, and it just
3: happened, it just happened, and, uh, you know, but I was good at making adjustments and, uh, you know, just taking
2: all
3: that
2: responsibility and, uh, you know, basically building our identity for the team, man. You know, man, we play hard and uh, we go out and see what happens. Uh, we give our best shot to go out and get a win every night. So, it is all about that, the adjustments. I mean, you saw in the out Lucas talking to you, Dylan, you yeah. know, about stuff. It is about young guys making adjustments. Yeah, yeah,
3: man. We pick one another up and uh, communication is the biggest key, man. Something. He's only right
2: to pass it on. And uh, I think that's what he's doing. And uh, you know, that, that's a good sign of, of a team moving forward. Yeah, yeah, talk about, talk about uh, Ricky for I a mean, second. He doesn't get a lot of credit, but uh, he seems to be doing a great job. Yeah, he does
3: a great job, man. You know, a lot of people don't see what he does, but he does a great job as far as you kind know, leading us in the right direction. and uh, you know,
1: I think be more exciting to have him you
3: know, uh, leading us in the right direction.
2: Thank you.
3: Yes?
1: Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks you. a lot. Uh, hitching his giddy up as he was walking around with that ankle injury, and he was with his wife and a couple of years ago in twenty sixteen he lost his best friend and really a brother in a lot of ways and that 's how much uh this friend meant to him and was uh, murdered and killed on the streets of Alabama outside a bar and uh, it was just terrible news for Tim Anderson and as well documented how much it really hurt him mentally. And certainly we don't talk about mental disabilities quite enough in this country in general, but especially in sports, athletes are expected to just be able to be mentally strong and find a way to perform. And for Anderson, it was really hurting him. There was just too many things on his mind. and, And really it was the white Sox suggesting and his wife trying to, Uh, get him to go to therapy and he was finally uh, able to be open-minded enough to do it and it it served him wonders and it it really improved his game and you could tell he was coming on more and more as a player and I think everything's really starting to click for him in his personal and professional life now and and that's why you saw just a great start this year and he was worthy of all-star candidacy and just missed uh, the top three voters uh, in the American League at a very competitive shortstop field so Just terrific stuff from Tim Anderson so far this year. Hopefully he can continue that into the second half because even though he is a young kid in his own right, he's about to be surrounded by a lot younger kids. And I mean that professionally when it comes to baseball and a lot of ways, Tim Anderson might turn into the Anthony Rizzo for the Cubs, where he's still kind of the veteran, even though he's a young player but he's been in the league the longest he can lead by example. And Tim Anderson has shown that he wants to be a leader for this group and for this white Sox team. And he definitely proudly wears that on his sleeve. And so his continual development, and especially if he can put together a quality second half, like he did in the first half, you feel really good about him moving forward. And, and that might be kind of your future captain, how Paul Konerko was for the Sox before.
0: Yeah, that would be great to see. And and I think it's something uh, – I agree with you that it's something that we probably could expect because I think it's something that the White Sox fans want to see, you know, in the wake of the – you know, all this type of heat that came down on him with – which you, you mentioned in the post regarding uh, his, uh, his run-in with the the Royals earlier this year. It seemed like a lot of the, the Sox, Sox fans – and the team itself galvanized their support around him and you know he really i think more than any player on the club really speaks to the heart of uh Sox fans right now so i think not seeing him on the field has been is been noticeable in the past over the past couple of to that uh as you say he's with his personal life and his professional life uh mixing i think it's uh, allowed him uh, a lot of support and and this is sort of enhanced his maturation in a lot of ways that uh you know you know you look at him as a father you know with uh, married with kids and everything i think it definitely helps him be more of a figure of authority it has to in that locker room and uh, you know i think it should i think it's I, I I would think, you know, from the outside in, that it has done a lot to uh, steady him and make him make him turn around some of the negative things that have happened in his life. Like you said, his friend being murdered and everything, and also the the impact that simply struggling in his his initial period in the in the league in the majors has probably had an effect on him too. But it, it seems like at this point now. And this year, you know, from the very beginning of this year, he's played with a sort of confidence and a conviction that uh, he hasn't had before, and, and I think that's extended to his interactions with opponents like Kansas City and whatever, and you know, his his uh, his interactions with the media as well. He's been he's been featured in a lot of stories this year, and he's been you know he's done a lot more talking about his you know the way that he sees the game should be played and he hasn't been afraid to back up what he says back up actually the back of the actions that he has on the field with what he says off the field and vice versa you know so uh to that extent you know I had you know uh, looking again like we looked at uh Mitch what, what did you think about the way that you know he presented himself in this environment and What did you think about the way that he was interacting with you guys uh, in in your scrum?
1: Yeah, you know, Tim Anderson, I think, is a little bit quieter when it came to the media and maybe in terms of talking to people. But I wouldn't confuse that with any kind of lack of confidence. If anything, he is as soaked in confidence as Mitchell Trubisky or more. He, He just felt that he felt like a a veteran major league player. And it's kind of funny because he is that, but you just haven't seen a ton of success yet in his career up until this point, other than this first half. But the way he was carrying himself around, it, it almost felt like an all-star. Like he was just very confident in what he was doing. He was smiling from ear to ear. He had no worries. And when asked about the team and asked about his ankle and the young kids and adjustments, it, it was really – essentially bottled down to the same thing hey we're taking it one step at a time we are just going to stay together as a team and we're going to block out everything else and that's what you want to hear from your leader and that's what you want to hear from your veteran player because that's how you really have to take things in sports in general and when you look at uh, you know his personal life and how he got here you know i always say Even if you have something awful happen to you, it's not necessarily a bad experience because you're going to learn how to overcome it and you're going to be stronger for it in your own ways, even though it's never great to lose someone close to you. And obviously, I'm sure all of us would prefer that Tim Anderson's friend is still here today, but the course of action, how things worked out. That's gonna make him more mature as a person. You pointed out having kids. I mean, what what matures a person more than having kids and getting a wife and having a family? I mean, that kind of stuff. I think is maturing him along with him just getting older. I mean, he's getting into his mid twenties. He's gonna be more mature as a person rather than his early twenties or early or late teens. So I, I think all this is combining, and the fact too that Tim Anderson has been here for multiple seasons of a rebuild now. And when you have been just lost and lost and lost and you knew that it was all for a purpose because you're going to get to this point where you're going to stop because you have all this talent, I think Tim is just showing everybody, hey, we've got to put in this kind of work, this kind of effort. Otherwise, we're going to be back to the same ways that we were, and I'm not going to let that happen.
0: Certainly, yeah. And I and I think, too, you know, there's also the the – the sort of self-fulfillment that comes in simply winning more that, you know, I think, I think you're seeing that with the, with the team as a whole, you know, I think they're more confident and they, they feel that they're a team that doesn't feel intimidated when they're in tough spots. Now we've seen them make come from behind victories several times this year and make uh, big hits and, uh, you know, late late innings and extra inning games, and you know, it's that's part of the fun. I think of watching the Sox right now. They're a team that doesn't give up quite easily, and uh, you know, I'm I'm sure that that's something that Tim has helped offer the team, and I'm I'm sure that's something that the team is probably offering to him too. And in um, this, you know, in this position that he's in now, sort of a tough position, you know, I, I think you got to be confident that he's going to be able to come back strong because he's you know as we've gotten across you know he's he's seen worse in his life so uh you know definitely is uh definitely wish the best for Tim going forward and uh definitely expect a, a, a lot more from him uh, a lot a lot more building from him from him on his his game as uh, as we go forward and hopefully next year he'll be able to have enough time under uh on the field where he can really uh, make that effort and you and, know and maybe be an all-star. because and and, and this is an interesting thing I want to bring up with you. I, I I saw on PTI uh yesterday actually, uh you know uh Stephen A. Smith was uh was replacing uh Wilbine on there. He were cornheiser and they were talking about uh Mookie Betts in this uh I forgot who they was quoting, but this guy was mentioning Mookie Betts as he he should be Tony saying Clark. that okay, okay. You oh you know the story, mm-hmm. okay. But yeah, yeah. Tony Clark talking about Mookie Best should be the biggest star in baseball or in you know, bigger a bigger star in general, and that the league should be doing more to push him push him and that and, and this and that. That made me think, you know, uh you know and, and the argument the, the argument that uh came from that with Uh, Cornheiser, I think he agreed uh, essentially with Clark, whereas Stephen A. Smith was like, "Well, the players got to make that effort. It's not about the league so much as the players got to make that effort." And it made me think of Tim, because Tim actually has, I think, in a lot of ways, put in the effort to uh, increase his visibility. And you know, like I said, going back to the stuff where, you know, he was he, he got into it with the bat flipping and stuff with Kansas City, he, he seemed to really put himself out there as a figure who wants to bring a new energy to baseball and, you know, change quite about the, the old stuffiness of the game. And I think that's something too, that I think in tandem, you, you got to have the league and these players all be more proactive in regards to promoting that these potential stars and promoting the game as a whole. And I think Tim Anderson could be a guy who could be quite vital in that movement if baseball wants it to be. But even if they don't, I see Tim on his own being that type of guy. And he has a chance in Chicago, especially a big city that loves baseball, to make an impact in that
1: way oh without a doubt i think uh tim anderson wants to be a star without wanting to be a star that's what i think makes him really attractive as a sports figure in this city because when you hear him talk he is not a about me guy but when he plays and the passion that he goes out there with it feels like he is just this star that has this star quality about him for sure and and I completely agree. He is definitely with, these, with the new movement of baseball and trying to make the game more fun and not worry about old rules. And he will be at the forefront of that as long as baseball supports that and if enough people support it overall. Really, I think the only thing that he needs is just enough of a track record. At this point in time, he just doesn't have the on-the-field performance track record to warrant the personality side of it. But if that comes, and we start seeing him on the big stages, and especially when the White Sox next year, they're going to be on Sunday Night Baseball a lot more, and Fox Saturday Baseball. That's going to be they're going to be a draw because of some of the talent that they have that they were not this year or the year before. So when you get more of that national stage, and as you pointed out, he gets an all-star berth, you could really see him becoming maybe the face of Chicago baseball in a way because as much as like a guy like Javier Baez is as he's a great player and has all this flair and flash, he doesn't really want to be attention with a star and, and really show off that personality like Tim Anderson does.
0: Yeah, yeah. And a bit more soft-spoken, I, you know, maybe you could factor in the, the language barrier, a little bit of a language barrier that's there with Bias that's not there with Anderson. But, you know, I yeah, I agree, man. I think these next 12 months in particular, when you talk about how the next season is going to be big for Mitch, like, if, if we're looking a year from now and Sim is part of a strong final couple months for the Sox this year and he. Goes into next year and has an even better start than he has this year, and he maybe gets himself on that All Star team uh, by next July. I think we're, we're going to be seeing a lot of what we just said come into motion, and and that'll be a good thing. I, I think that that could be a, a very vital part for uh, you know the for baseball as a whole going forward, and, and for the Sox as a, going forward as well. I think the Sox is we look at them as a franchise, they could use some, you know, of course, they're they're in the process of revitalizing themselves. And, you know, they, they got a lot of star power in the making, but, you know, to have, you know, they have a lot of Latin players that, and that's great, but I think to have an American, you know, a black American player that is uh, at the forefront of what they're doing uh, will mean a lot as well, especially, being the team from the South side of Chicago. So, you know, uh, that's, you know, definitely, uh, like I said with Tim, we definitely rooting for Tim and, uh, you know, wishing the best for him going forward. But, uh, before we go out, man, I, I just want to, I want to get some of your thoughts on, on, uh, you no, know, I, like I said before, I'm, I'm, uh, very happy with what you did with these pieces. And I appreciate the effort that you've made and in, in making this going out to both places and, being there on on the scene and is it it was interesting to me because for most you know I know you work for other entities but you know for for most of what you've done with us you work pretty much in the typical blogger sports blogger fashion where you've had a you know more of a distance uh with your subjects and you know you, you haven't you know been able to go to practices and stuff and Work like a, a typical beat reporter. This was more of a, a like a beat reporter type of thing with these two uh, these two uh, assignments. And I was just wondering what 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 were your thoughts on doing these things, and what did they mean to you as a as a writer and a reporter, and and being able to do these things, and you know, because there's a lot to them. It's you know, is being in front of that athlete and seeing them up close and comparing them to what you typically see on TV, like you, the comparison you made with Mitch. And there's also, you know, the dealing with, you know, uh, representatives of the, that player, media, rep- uh, you know, uh, meet PR people and stuff like that, which, you, you know, you're able to get a taste of that. And there's also uh, the mixing it up with the different reporters who are there, you know, representing uh, other outlets in the city, TV, and newspapers and stuff. I want to get your thoughts on on getting to see a a bit of that action as well.
1: Yeah, definitely different. And I wanted to kind of have fun with it in a way because it's beat life is definitely different. Sorry, hold on one second. Sorry about that. All right, That's okay. I'll restart. Uh, yeah, uh, Kyle. Looking at the two different ways of of writing, uh, I thought being kind of like a, an analysis, especially when we're doing some of the bear stuff, and you're kind of writing like a blogger, as you said. I think you have a different filter on what you're trying to present a story that way because you're not getting firsthand account of things, and you don't have kind of like that source material you can really kind of just create and kind of shape it into whatever kind of way you want it to. And when I went out to, to these places, I really wanted to just kind of focus on what was there and not try to bring in outside things and and just kind of see how I feel, try to document how I feel as well as getting the video and the audio and you're kind of, uh, being on the beat you got to be on your feet you're you're definitely paying attention to everything hey is this camera angle good are, are, am i getting enough audio on my mic am i staying out of the way am i uh too close too far all these different things but it, it was definitely a lot of fun i could see why beat life writer uh the life of a beat writer is very tough because uh you know you have to continuously come up with stories and you know doing those camps they weren't too dissimilar the athletes didn't do too many dissimilar things so if you weren't creative at all you could probably just have two bland stories but if you're able to really kind of look around and combine things and take little sound bites and use the information you have you can kind of create something different than what you would if you were looking up stats and looking up you know video on youtube for a player and audio for what you need for your piece so uh, definitely a nice change of pace. And it, it's something I definitely look forward to doing in the future too, but I don't know if I could be a beat writer. I don't know that that would be tough. I guess it would depend on the sport. <laughs> Why do you say that? I think, uh, you know, with the constant, cause you're, you're kind of have to be aware of the other reporters and other camera news outlets and you're trying to be respectful, but you're also trying to get as much content as you possibly can and, and you're really trying to be, you know, first in line. And there's obviously a lot of networking that goes into it too, but you would have to just continuously follow uh, the players and the teams with all the travel and things like that. It could, I could see how that would wear on some people, but that would be a ton of fun too. It's really it none neither is better or worse. It just, they offer different things and they're both challenging and exciting in their own ways.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause Once upon a time, it that was sort of a a a cross, uh, not say across the bear, but it was sort it was sort of a a trial by fire that every that anyone who wanted to get into sports reporting had to go through. And um, now that's not the case. You know, a lot of a lot of guys, you know, come up and strictly as bloggers or strictly as people who write uh, you know, from a distance on these people, you know, who, uh, you know, who have such importance in our cultural, uh, cultural stratosphere, but it's a different thing when you see these people up front and up in, in, in your, you're in their face and they can maybe at, at some point recognize you, especially if you get on the beat with them and, and you follow them day after day and you, have to ask ask them questions day after day, and uh, there's also it's also interesting too to be alongside the reporters who've been there for years talking to these people and seeing how they do things and you know um, you know how you know how how do you fit in with what they do as well, and to that to that end I gotta say this right quick I heard I heard a few uh, talk about in in the in the I I, I think it was in the Tim uh, Anderson uh, conference in particular. But for all you people listening, don't do those talk about. Don't don't do talk about, don't start a question. You're not not really doing a question uh, when you say talk about such and such. You know, just stay stay away from that. If you want to get into talking to people for a living, you know, be it athletes or whoever, you no, know, stay away from talk about. It.
1: Yeah, that's lazy questioning uh, right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that doesn't it doesn't work. There was a there was a good piece written by I believe Brian Curtis when he used to write for Grantland that uh, sort of breaks that down and, uh, and you know sort of lacerates that whole thing the way that it should be. Is like you say, it's lazy and it's it's not it, it doesn't do anything for the art of conversation. I would say. Uh, I, I would say, too, if you if for anybody who has issues, you know, because I think people do, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, people do things that they hear other people do and they sort of internal, you know, they sort of internalize it and soak it in and then they then they find themselves doing it. You know, you, you got to find your own ways to do things, you know, and but also be professional in a way. And, you know, it's it's, it's nothing like doing that stuff day in and day out. You know, I know from experience and, you know, it was interesting also to talk to Tony this year and get his opinion. Uh, We had a discussion on an earlier episode of Running With War with him where he was uh, talking about getting ingratiated with the Bulls beat and stuff. And, you know, it's like I said, it's it's nothing like being a beat reporter. It's it's not – a very high-profile thing it's not a very—it's sort of thankless in a lot of ways. But if you really love sports and sports reporting, it's—it's it's definitely something that I would encourage anyone to do at some point. And, you know, it, it gives you all the experience that you would want and need in being a sports journalist. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's nothing you could—nothing that could. If you do it for long enough, there's nothing that would really throw you off about covering sports after after a while.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, uh, just to kind of add on to that, if you're a person looking at kind of getting into sports journalism and sports media, I would definitely look at sports reporting, too, just from the fact that you, can, you will be there firsthand for the information, for the story, because you'll be getting the reaction. You'll be seeing the person there in – person answering the question and that that kind of stuff is priceless in a way when it comes to writing or reporting on uh, sports and just media in general uh, covering in general when you get that firsthand it's really nothing better than that and you can really funnel and kind of create a story and really shed light on some really important things just from being on hand for something
0: and and it, it naturally uh promotes nuanced and detailed reporting as opposed to quick takes and hot right. takes and uninformed tapes, which are always in a which are more in abundance than ever. You know, we're not gonna get rid of those things in in entirety, but you know, the more that we try to hold up the the detailed and nuanced stuff the better, you know, that we all are as, uh, you know, as members of the media and then as people who take in sports media on a daily basis. So, you know, that's, I'm, I'm glad you were, I was able to help you get that as sort of experience and I'm glad that you're interested in, in having more of it going forward. So, you know, hopefully, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm put this out there. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, get you credentialed for, the Bears training camp if not this year then some year soon because uh you know me, Ken and D, and uh Sid I think I think Sid I don't, I don't know if Sid has been credentialed himself but we've all been to camp in that
1: capacity and it's, it was fun I, yeah it must be so, tremendous because uh, that access you get it's just there's nothing else like it
0: yeah it's great man and uh you know so we that's gonna be next on our list as far as uh you know uh, coverage goes with the bears and uh definitely uh we're gonna get going back with you pretty soon with the with the football podcast. yeah definitely
1: we got the when the all-star break comes every year i just it's an instinctiveness in me to start looking at training camp you just know it's right around the corner just a couple weeks away or a little less than a couple weeks away so we're gonna have a ton of great stuff talk about football it's It's setting up to be a very exciting season, both here in Chicago and across the league. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of intrigue. And, you know, we're kind of talking about the last two years. There's no obvious quarterback holes really across the league. Sure, some teams have better quarterbacks than others, but there's no obvious, obvious holes. And when the best or the most important position is pretty decently covered across the league, I think that adds for a lot of parity and a lot of excitement. Obviously, with the Dean Davis Show, we're going to be covering a ton of the rest of the sports with baseball, but football is going to be coming around. We're going to try to do a bunch of stuff with that. And, of course, we always uh, release our episodes. Check out uh, the Dean Davis Show Twitter, Instagram, Facebook to get links to the podcast. It's on SoundCloud, Anchor, as well as iTunes. Very easy to be found anywhere. Just go into uh, the Dean Davis Show, as I said, and you'll get links there. For everything that you need and then uh, we obviously release on Wednesdays as well as Mondays for both the Dean Davis show as well as Dean Davis the flip and uh, all of the, my stuff can be found at We Are Regal Radio. You can uh, catch my Twitter at Ryan B. Ski for uh, posts about uh, the different articles and different things that we're doing both uh, We Are Regal Radio and Dean Davis show.
0: Ryan B. Ski much easier than his it's full Christian. Yeah,
1: name. that one. Uh, I don't think I'd have any followers. They'd never be able to find
0: me. Yeah. You, did yeah, Everybody would use up there uh, <laughs> a lot of characters on your, of your yeah, last name. Yeah, I think
1: uh, Twitter original version I wouldn't fit it, but now with the update in character account, I think I just fit it in there now.
0: Yeah, see, they're doing they're doing that to make you more feel more I, welcome.
1: I, I appreciate the inclusivity because uh, I felt ostracized by my last name before.
0: Well, I, I got to say too, with your with your Twitter name, I like it because it, it seems a lot like an old school hip hop. Yeah, I know.
1: Name. I, I like uh, the ski, a part of it, and the sound of it. I I appreciate my Twitter handle. I'm glad you do too, Kyle, because some people they try to hate on it.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, it is. This your Twitter name deserves no hate. I'm 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 I may be putting you on to something here. This is the type of thing I would think that Ken might have told you, but you know that ski and for a lot of the old school hip hop artists, ski was a reference to uh, mm-hmm.
1: cocaine. Yeah, Ken has actually told me this uh, multiple times. <laughs> okay. I, I
0: figured he would have told me. Yeah. I
1: think uh, he was just waiting for the opportunity. And he always has to bring it up on air, too, not uh, not off air, forcing me to answer the yeah. question.
0: Yeah, well, well, we know you don't get no, like that. No, no, never. He just has to play double game.
1: Exactly. Games. It's good content.
0: Right. But, uh, yeah, definitely good content from being Davis. And uh look to give you more good content here on War on Anchor as well. But uh, for now, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks a lot again, Ryan, for for your good work, man. And we look forward to more uh, going forward in the future, man. But uh, for now, that's Ryan Bukovetsky. I'm Kyle Means signing off. We'll holler at you. Oh, <laughs>